Hello, everybody. This is Todd. And this is Sam. And this is Rich. And you're listening to Talking Celluloid. And it's good to see you again. How's everybody doing? Good. Not good. <laughs> March Madness. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. So that's starting for you. How you doing, Rich? I am really looking forward to someday getting a vaccine. I would like to go outside. Uh, yeah. Yes. Me too. No, I, I get it. I, I have been passing my time by pretending to be a Viking in a video game called Valheim. <laughs> it's like Minecraft with Vikings. It's pretty good. Nice. That's fair. That's good. That's I've had good. to be going out and working since August. I want a vaccine just so I don't um, um, quiver in fear every night. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. that's fair. Somehow uh, my wife doesn't count for, you know, uh, all college educators in Ohio don't count as educators to get vaccines, That's which is, uh, yeah, that was a real bummer for Michelle and I. So yeah, absolutely. Gotta love that state legislature. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. So, uh, let me see. What have we been up to? Anybody, uh, watch anything good lately? I watched a documentary series. I didn't really, I thought it was a movie and then lo and behold, it kept going. Um, did you guys see um, Lady and the Dale? No, I've I've heard a couple people talk about it. That's the, the kind of like old school Theranos type. Uh... Yeah, okay, but it, it's like, and it's um early trans rights in America. And here's the thing: she is a swindler. She is a criminal. God damn, is she charming? And like the whole time, you're just like, well, I mean, I don't know. Fuck it, I'll buy the car. I'll buy an option for it. <laughs> I mean, isn't that always the scary thing with these yeah. people? Is that like even after you catch them, like they they're still you know working their angle on whoever's around them at the time? I mean, and like you find yourself going, well, wow, that they were really shitty to her, and then you're like, she's a criminal and has been on the run and been on the lam since 1961 and it's like 93 oh, <laughs> it's wow. like, like, at some point you're like yeah i mean ugh. but i mean it's a great documentary i mean like i thought it was a movie i think was it last sunday we put it on like to eat while we to watch while we ate lunch and lo and behold dinner came around and we're on the last episode and it was like oh so it was a good one i highly recommend it very entertaining I, I've only been watching, like, I finished WandaVision, uh, watched the, the first couple episodes of the uh, Alan versus Pharaoh thing, and yuck. Uh, I, one of, like, as somebody who didn't watch a lot of Woody Allen movies, they bring up the fact that the plot line of a lot of his movies involve a old guy, like, hooking up with a teenager. That's what I've heard and a it, lot. It yeah. just, it feels similar to like when OJ released the book, the If I Did It book, and just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was that Louis C.K. movie that came out? Like, I Love You, Daddy, oh, yeah. or something? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Like, yeah. Whoa, whoa. yeah. Well, and now like Louis C.K. is kind of like working the, the, you know, the outer edges of the comedy scene, like at comedy clubs and trying to come back. And it's like, Louis, you're, you're a talent, but fuck off. Like, no, yeah. like, no. No one asked for this. You go. You're you're now like restricted to only red rooms. Yeah, you know exactly why you're persona non grata. Yeah. 
so not to not to double back, what did you think of uh, what did you end up thinking of WandaVision? I know this won't be out for a couple of weeks, but what did you end up thinking? I liked it. Uh, it. It was a pretty good ending. Uh, I don't know. I I feel like I wasn't as invested in the show as a lot of people that were watching sure. it, but it was it was an entertaining thing. Yeah, uh, I felt the same way. I ended up, you know, being happy with it as a product. It's a it's a nice. I, I actually like Catherine Hahn a lot, so like I was glad to see her get a a bigger role. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I agree. Also, watch Tom and Jerry. Holy shit, <laughs> that was so bad. Are you, do you watch that? The thing, literally, I can't open up HBO Max with it being like, you know, it's on here. I'm like, I'm aware. Yes, I I watched it too. It's bad. Sam, you've known me since I was a teenager, and by yeah. now it should come as no surprise that I sometimes make poor decisions. Yeah. <laughs> right. Remember that time you um borrowed my car keys when I was working? I do. Yep. Yep. That's that's a good that's, story. That's that we won't that tell yep. <laughs> <laughs> Only premium oh, no. subscribers get right. the most embarrassing Join stories. Join the Patreon, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the twenty dollar tier, right? Yeah, you're paying exactly. for that one. How about you, Todd? What have you been watching? Um, so recently, I I collect Criterion DVDs. Not, I don't nice. have like tons of them, but I I really like the practice of just kind of selecting a couple movies I really like. And Criterion just had a sale, and so two of the films I watched recently. Uh, I'll I'll start with the first one was Richard Linklater's uh, Dazed and Confused. Uh, So I hadn't seen this in a while, but the DVD had so many extra things. There's like a whole full length documentary about the making of Dazed and Confused, which is pretty good. But I forgot how much I loved that movie. Yet at the same time, I wondered while watching it, is this a movie that people born in like a digital era will connect to in the same way? Because even though I grew up in the eighties and nineties, I could still identify with like the aimlessness of what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like at night where like, to me, I couldn't help but wonder if you did this film for like, you know, if Richard Linkletter's did a, uh, Richard Linkletter did a 2010s version, would it just be people sitting in a room playing video games? Yeah, it would be a group <laughs> chat or a video game party. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I, I connect with this movie a lot because Sam and I grew up with it in an yeah. area where literally the thing to do if you were not of drinking age or invited to a, a party was to literally drive around yep. the same section of the one strip. road yeah. and uh, be a loser. Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> there was literally parties in Big Lot's parking lot because, yeah. like, and Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, we I, we never really did the strip, but I definitely saw it. I mean, yeah, th- I think that Dazed and Confused plays very well for anyone who grew up in a small rural town or, like, mm-hmm. maybe, like, a city above, like, a two-horse town. Like yeah. it really connects and you're like, well, yeah, I mean, that's out. the weird thing is, you know, yeah, I still, I, I connect with Dazed and Confused because, yeah, it reminds me of those teenage years in a place like that when now I live in Columbus where, you know, we have Otherworld, which is a just giant sprawling art thing. Like there, there is stuff happening here. And yeah, I don't think that if I had grown up here, I would feel the same about this movie. I can't imagine what growing up in like Southern California, like what they think about movies like that, you know, or I bet there's like a whole group of people out here who just don't get like a whole bunch of movies like a, probably a lot of link later shit really but like what are know. these basements yeah <laughs> no kidding <laughs> so he had a commentary track on it and the most interesting part was he's talked about how he thought he did a disservice 
he he still likes the film uh, uh, as I do, but he thought he did a disservice by cutting too many of the women's parts. And have you ever seen all the deleted scenes from the movie? No. By any chance, I it was the first time. There's like 45 minutes of deleted scenes from that movie, and it is interesting because like he did end up cutting like some interesting Parker Posey moments that were great mm-hmm. with Joey Lord Sweden or Joe. What's her name? Uh, Jody Lauren Adams. Is that right? Who's in it? Um, sure, I'm getting. Yeah, sure, we'll yeah. call her that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's well, some I, interesting part about that, but then there's a couple scenes they cut where the boys say some racist stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm glad they cut that. Uh, well, yeah. it's, you know, remember it's Vietnam era. It's a bunch of people just getting back from Vietnam. So there's yeah, some, right. they have, they have a kind of politically charged Vietnam discussion with some racial slurs. And it's, that, that seems so like the type of thing that would make it cut. Yeah. It makes it more authentic to real life, but doesn't make it a better movie. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. That's so it was just, I don't know. It was interesting just to see uh, the little cuts they made and what, what a different movie it could have been. Yeah. Did any did any of you guys I never saw it, the um the sister movie to that that everybody wants some or whatever? I seen it on a plane. It was okay. Like it just it never hit the same, you know, level that some of his earlier movies did. Sure. And, I didn't see it. I, I was just curious because I, I would I was like, ah, I don't know, maybe if it's on like randomly i'll pick it out but i would agree that it's a tier below but i still found it actually i found it pretty entertaining still though i didn't but find yeah. it bad it just didn't mm-hmm. it didn't register with something that i sure. needed to like go back and examine further and a, a lot of link Lauder's stuff oh. uh, like i like it okay but a few of them i really really enjoy and then the rest of them are just like yeah it's fine mm-hmm. i love waking life in a scanner darkly enough where i'll watch anything he puts out Oh, yeah. Those are both amazing. Masterpiece. Even with Alex Jones. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. That was that was a movie that we passed around on USB drives yep. as a freshman in college. Yep. This is the part where I say I love all three parts of the Before Trilogy uh, by Richard Linklater as well. I'm a, I'm a fan of those, but I know not everybody is. You know, I've, I've never seen to check one. those out. I just never happened. Yeah. Never oh. seen it. They are great, but they are like emotional love stories. But then the third one is especially kind of fun. I don't know. I, I like them. I would I recommend know. checking them out at some point. I can I can give one more. Another film I saw was, I'm going to go way, way back to the 1920s. And I got a Harold Lloyd film called Safety Last. I don't know if y'all have ever watched any of like the old timey silent films uh, from like Buster Keaton or um, why am I forgetting uh, who plays the in the kid Charlie Chaplin or Harold Lloyd but Harold Lloyd is typically referred to as like the third genius of the silent era and he's actually my favorite of it. Right on. I only know him from the Futurama joke uh, with with Harold Zoid and uh, yeah. Most of my 30s movies were all like, you know, Nosferatu and Caligari and, you know, that's sure. yeah. Same well, I'll, I'll throw this out here. He was kind of like probably arguably the one that's had the biggest influence on what the structure of like modern comedies are like. If you go back and watch this film Safety Last, which is about a guy who's trying to raise enough money to bring his girl into town uh, to live with him. And he uh, is working at a retail shop and it just has all these hysterical jokes about retail life that honestly still apply and hit like almost a hundred years later, which is pretty funny but it's about a guy who crawls up the side of a building eventually is what it leads to but it has all these like real looking effect 
effects and him like hanging off the sides of buildings and things like that, that were done in pretty dangerous conditions. And anyway, I would just recommend checking out if anyone ever wants to see some of the best ever of the comedy era, I would suggest checking out Harold Lloyd's Safety Last or his film like Girl Shy, which are pretty good as well. Right so, on. so this movie is like the clerks of its time. If, if it's <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's even on the box. It's called, it says the clerks of its time. Right. The pool yeah. Quote. yeah. <laughs> not allowed to rent here anymore. <laughs> oh, shit. I, um, yeah. I watched cause we're doing Nick Cage month. So of course we watch Mandy and then finishing out the spectra vision of Nick Cage. Um, movies we saw um, color out of space i uh, liked it a lot i liked it more when we were discussing it than i did watching it if that makes oh sense. yeah it's not pleasant but it's it's great yeah i mean like I, as i was watching it th- the first half was kind of weak and then when it when it goes it goes and you're like all right i like this a lot and there's did, did you see it todd rich and i saw this together in the theater oh, no shit yeah. really mm-hmm. man um yeah. I won't go into spoilers because I want more people to watch it. We already spoiled it on my other podcast, but man, I really, <laughs> woo. There's a scene. There's a, well, there's a key turning point in that movie when like you go from, we're watching just kind of like a weird Tommy Chong's in it, like odd movie to like, I was emotionally wrecked by part of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the funny with, with, if you don't know the story and you see the title, you're like, how, you know, how can a story about a color be scary and then you watch it and you're like, oh, so that's how. Yeah. Right. It was it was a good um, one. I, I actually did get a Nicolas Cage movie in. Uh that you you reminded me. I, I went back and rewatched uh Bringing Out the Dead. Dude, that movie fucking rips. I love it. Sorry. It's I got great, but it just <laughs> oh man, it wrecked my morning. I, oh, I, I needed, bet. Did you yeah. ever read the book? I have not. The book is it's almost like the movie is almost word for word. word. It's, it's like a perfect, we should have done that for adaptations. That movie is like, that book is so great. It's very close. It just goes a little bit more into detail because the guy who wrote it was actually an ambulance driver in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, I, I was yeah. digging through the Wikipedia afterwards and yeah, I saw some of that and yeah. It's whew, great music. Yeah, yeah that, like that soundtrack was great. You know, you have these these little cameos with the the people riding with him, but they're all like it's Tom Sizemore and um, John Goodman. John Goodman, yeah. yeah, and yeah, everybody is just great. Uh, it, it's funny you see uh, uh, the actor who becomes Carla on Scrubs as a nurse before <laughs> Scrubs was. Oh, that's the- right. I forgot she's in. She's in a bit role. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's it's another not pleasant movie, but a good movie. <laughs> Word. So uh, we're we're gonna do some hot takes today, right? Yeah. Right. Right. First, first we decided we were gonna talk because we're doing hot takes today. So we're talking about films that maybe we like that the general population doesn't like. And so we might get into some disagreements on some of the films. So we thought maybe we might start with just a brief discussion of what some of our favorite films are, since we're getting to know each other. Uh, You know what I mean? Like as an audience and just talking about what a couple of the things we like are maybe so we can get some common consensus before we go into... uh, into maybe some more contentious picks uh of some of ours are like so what are what are some of you guys favorite picks uh for for movies what do you go to first when you think about film well i mean like my my number one genre is obviously horror Mm -hmm. i mean i have a a fucking horror podcast um and that's all i really talk about but um so like texas chainsaw scream 
like the ones that like grabbed you when you were young. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's the obvious pick. Like when I sit down to watch a movie, but it's weird though. Like I, when I think about my favorite movie of all time, it's probably Goodwill Hunting. And I okay. have watched that movie like 7 trillion times. And there's something about, I don't know if it's like the modern, like rags to riches or like the unappreciated genius that maybe I wish I was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, there's something about that movie that just hits home to me. And even like, um, so it's weird. Like I have those like two dueling sides of me of the sappy, you know, you know, the Shawshank Redemption that we were talking about over schmaltz, you know, mm-hmm. that part of me loves schmaltz and part of me loves watching Ron Howard or Clint Howard be the ice cream man. It's there's just two sides of the same Sam. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, so I would say if we were going like for, I can't pick a top, like if you were to ask me to do a top five favorite movie, mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. Cause it's just too many changes, but I, I'd say, yeah. um, in general, I would go, I mean, Texas Chainsaw for sure. Texas Chainsaw 2 actually should be on there as well because it's like the two horror. It's like sincere and wacky as hell. And um, yeah, I don't know. Rich, what are some of your favorites? Uh, I am also a horror movie person. And looking at this list, you know, I, I have a lot of movies that came to mind and it was hard to really narrow it down. But I noticed some common themes, which is, you know, high highbrow horror and just depressing movies because like on my list i have things like the thing and videodrome or like the fly uh brazil alien clerks like kill bill like just a lot of movies that things don't go well for people yeah (laughs) no i i think i um I, I like a downer of a movie. We watched a documentary about a magician that's on Hulu. I can't remember what it is, but like, it's, it's a very depressing, like it's a lot of storytelling. And I looked oh. over at my partner and I went, I like sad magic. She's like, shocker. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's just it. It's some of my favorite movies. It's hard to recommend to people. Cause it's like, right. Oh yeah, this is going to be one of those endings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that makes- How about you, Todd? I'm probably the biggest generalist of the group in terms of like genres, although I would say horror is probably my favorite, but like I, I have others that are kind of close. I like a lot of different films. I would say if I had to start kind of naming ones that, that were really high for me, um, you know, there's like weird films like Halsu house, uh, you know, like there's, uh, films that, um, are kind of ultimate, like all time bad, good films. Like I am obsessed with the film troll two, for example. Uh, but have y'all seen that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, so I, and I, best worst movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One year so, for my birthday, I made people watch those back to back and I don't apologize for it. Rich, yeah, did we great. watch troll two in high school together? Someone I knew had a VHS of that and we watched, I it don't like think that was me because okay. I don't think that I caught troll two until I had early era Netflix where you like, you had gotcha. to have the disc yeah. that you put mm-hmm. in the thing. And yeah. Yeah. But like when I get down to it, like this, I actually do have a top five. They're interchangeable, but it's the the same five that I go to all the time, which is Texas Chainsaw Massacre and The Thing uh, representing horror. 
Um, huge John Carpenter fan, huge fan of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is not by John Carpenter, since I know my sentence there was a little confusing. Um, but three other films that aren't really in that genre that I'm kind of obsessed with are uh, Stanley Kubrick's Barry Lyndon, Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing, and maybe the one I say is my favorite the most often, which is Paul Verhoeven's Starship Troopers, which Fuck I'm pretty obsessed yeah. with. Yeah. Yes. Fuck <laughs> yeah. And that's actually going to come up later when I talk about my movie somehow. I'll, I'll be honest. Gonna work. Oh, interesting. My list because I knew it was going to be on your list. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. it's just wonderful. I recommend it to people all the time. It's, it's you know some what's... good stuff. <laughs> You know what's weird? I was we were I was literally just talking about our favorite movies um with a friend not that long ago. And we were talking mm-hmm. about how like Fight Club used to be my favorite movie. Mm-hmm. And now it's like I don't even think it's my favorite Fincher movie, but like I still have to like those are the movies that got you into like I would consider higher brow art or more like you're you're looking at the message, not what's on the screen, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Um I wonder how I haven't watched it in years, but I wonder if you like showed it to like a young in particularly a young developing male what they would how they would feel about it today starship troopers no fight club oh fight club yeah yeah and um i I don't know for some reason like i used to love that movie i don't even think i could like i think i would i still enjoy it i haven't watched it in many years at this point but it used to be like my favorite movie I mean, I think it would be a little bit different to enjoy now when, you know, some of the stuff that happens in yeah. is more common. At, and like, that was just it is at, at that point, it was just a, you know, they talk about 1999 as the, you know, the cubicle movie year. And yeah. you know, everything was about, you know, how stable everything was. And, you know, we, Everyone we thought fuck shit just up. boredom in perpetual. Yeah. yeah. And, and now we live in a chaotic world and that's why sometimes like these more mundane movie, like one of my favorite movies of the year was Kajillionaire. And it's just about these yeah. like low level cons who are, you know, just trying to, to scrape by in life and, you know, in a hectic world. Yeah. I love stories like that. I that, um, That's a good point. I didn't, yeah, that totally makes sense. But I also like I think that my tie to horror is is one from childhood because those were also the first books that I picked up on my own. And yeah. those were the first stories that like they kept me turning the pages. And because of that, like, you know, that became a a love of all storytelling. Yeah. Well, I think we all have those emotional connections, right? Like because I went to I saw do the right thing because my mom brought me when I was way inappropriately too young to do that. Cause she was a single mom uh, and she really wanted to see the film. And so I saw that when I was like nine or 10 years old, not that it's super inappropriate, but just intense to go see in the theater. And it was, I remember one of the first films that convinced me like, Oh, movies can be like art and good, you know, like, and yeah. like good beyond just entertainment. So yeah, absolutely. I do find it funny that Sam, you mentioned Fight Club because that was a movie I was specifically told I wasn't allowed to see because I was a young, impressionable, you know, young man, and and that my my dad had been warned that this movie will radicalize children, and so he, <laughs> he said no, which means that I had to watch it. That was seven for me, because like we grew up watching horror movies, like even from like third and fourth grade, like we had like someone wrote parents wrote like a note to premiere video to like stop asking us to get out of the car to go approve these kids to watch this stupid fucking horror movie there was like a note on the computer like just let them rent who cares we're we'll admit to this and that flew back then so we um we would watch stuff i remember seven was like do not watch seven 
We understand you like your dumb horror movies. Watch all the Freddy Krueger, all the Jason you want. Do not watch Seven. And it automatically became like the forbidden fruit. Watched Seven. And we were all, we all kind of looked at each other and we're like, we shouldn't be watching this. Like, yeah. this is, we're, we're not growing up enough to, to understand what's happening here. Well, and, and, and that's one of the interesting things, thinking you know, back to my, my history with movies, that, yeah, I owe a big thanks to my parents for covering oh so many video rental late fees. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, that them, them footing the bill for that uh, became a lifelong love of movies, and now I'm on a fucking podcast about it. Isn't it crazy to think about how much money our parents used to spend on renting videos every week? Well, yeah. Holy I mean, shit. but now I yeah. spend a shit ton of money every month for eight different streaming services, but... But cable was a thing back then. That's like, true. Yeah. Nothing cable to, on top the, of movies. The more it changes, the more it stays the same. Yep. True that. They got us. I, I do long for early era Netflix when everything was just on Netflix oh, and it was all it. those like obscure movies and like the suggestion platform actually worked and yeah and the uh, rating because now they like don't want you to know there's a bad movie so they get rid of the ratings I had so much fun I use I should really use Letterbox I bet I would get uh, scratch the same itch of just going through the list of movies I've seen and being like ridiculously harsh be like one star fuck that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah todd did you get us a letterbox to uh, you know uh sponsor yet no <laughs> i gotta work on that <laughs> have you talked to big letterbox i haven't i need to talk to big letterbox i'll work on that <laughs> oh boy but yeah, but yeah I like mean, that, that's what I like because yeah, Letterbox reminds me of the uh, the old IMDb forums before that just got a real gross dark turn. You know? Yeah, um, it's like what happened there. <laughs> uh, what happened is internet an- anonymity plus yeah. uh, a free time equals bad comments. True that. So right. hot takes. Uh, these are movies. I'm going to admit full full well that the movie I picked is not a good movie. It's just a movie I like. And, you know, I'm not going to try and convince anybody that this is a five star movie, but that's just it is you don't a a movie doesn't have to be high art or critically acclaimed for you to, you know, to respond to it and have it resonate with you. Oh, totally. I mean, I I, I'll admit, I I mean, of all the three movies, mine is the worst. Like, I'll (laughs) I'll, I'll flat up admit that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I can't describe it. I can't. I can't even really defend it. Truth be told, but you know, whatever whatever reason, maybe movies like there's movies I've seen that where I had a blast watching it with friends, and you try watching it by yourself, and you're like, eh, I'm not even gonna try to sully it. I'm just gonna like put it away and just remember that good time. You know what I mean? Like, so you can have emotional attachments to movies that doesn't even. That's the beauty of art, man. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think if, if I was trying to do this podcast when I, I was a much younger person, I would have had a an actual hard time with it because there, there was an era for me where I cared a lot about, you know, movies being good or bad. Yeah. And and I am very glad that I grew out of that phase of life. Uh, it, it's allowed me to, you know, give things, give more things a chance. And every once in a while, I am surprised. Like I tried to watch both of these movies with as clear a mind and with no expectations and no, you know, preconceptions. And I, I still didn't love either of them, but like I tried to give them as fair a shot as I could. Oh yeah. I went in and I was actually lucky enough that um, for Todd's movie, I actually had someone who's a diehard fan owns them all on DVD. So I kind of got, if I started to like, 
drift it, it, it made it easier to watch rather than because i i'd be like what's this and like all right let me fill you in some backstory and like i read the books and stuff sure. like that. i'm like okay cool thank you it made it a little bit more fun and enjoyable to watch it became a family event at that point that's just it is movies should be fun it should be something that you can enjoy together i did reach out to todd on this one and said that you know thanks to watching twilight i have i have never been more terrified that i just don't understand women at all (laughs) (laughs) we almost did a cats with this one i don't know if we i mentioned on this podcast before um for my birthdays this year we enjoyed some of California's finest and then watched Cats. And I was convinced for the first 20 minutes that not only was it not a bad movie, it was the best movie. And I had a <laughs> great time. And then I got bored and then I got scared and then I got bored again. And then we played Uno. So, <laughs> so a success? Yeah. <laughs> but hey, I still had a good time watching Cats. Yeah. So whatever I think of that movie, I'm like, that was a fun night. Good time. You're talking to a guy who's seen cats like eight times now. So I'm, I'm on board with that. Oh yeah. That's a lot of cats. That is a lot. Hey, of cats. hey there's a lot to take in. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I saw cat what cats once. Uh, yeah, there is a lot to take <laughs> in, in that movie. Only thing I wish, I wish I could have seen it that opening week before they went in and changed shit. Cause I would <laughs> love to see that disaster. <laughs> yep. As soon as they need money, they'll, they'll release the criterion butthole cut. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, here we are. We're doing hot takes on this episode, and uh, we're going to start with Sam. What do you got? So I chose the new The Blair Witch. Not The Blair Witch Project, just The Blair Witch, directed by Adam Zwangsgaard. Came out in 2016, I believe. Um, I picked this movie because I love all things Blair Witch. It's something I talk about at an annoying length and actually had almost thought about starting a Blair Witch podcast until I realized I would have to like write my own material then because (laughs) there's not that much. (laughs) And uh, um, this this is a franchise that is near and dear to my heart. Um, There's two, my first two rated R movies I saw in theater was my, where was my uncle Dave? One was Starship Troopers, which was boobs and violence. And the second one was the Blair Witch Project, which I'm not sure which one came out first. I think they were around the same time. Um, But those two movies, I think that was like the beginning of, I had already liked horror, but that was like the real kickoff. Like, all right, this is the most fun I've ever had was being terrified. We lived in the woods. So going home was scary. And, um, And then the second one came out and the soundtrack of that changed my teenage years forever because I had Queens of the Stone Age at the drive-in death in vegas all these great bands that ended up becoming my favorite bands ever um and then this one came out and i know this is not a well-liked movie but um i'll let you all right how about this before i go into further reason why i love this movie i will let you guys go and talk about your experience with it um okay so I agree with you. Like, I, I like the general idea of the Blair Witch. Uh, I just did not like this movie. Uh, I, I saw the original one in theaters. Also, I think with like my mom or a family member or something. And I, I still remember to this day, the like, the like terror that was going through America 
who all thought that these people were actually murdered yep. by the supernatural being, even though they were giving interviews on late night television. And it just like, it's a unique movie because this is a truly American original urban legend. Yeah. Like that film created an actual urban legend. And it re-kicked off the found footage era too. Yeah. Uh, a lot of my problems with like, and I, I don't even like hate Adam Wingard. Like I, I remember liking your next more or less a lot of his other ones. I, I could take or, or, you know, give or take Fair. Uh, I, I liked the first VHS. I hated ABCs of death. Like I, there were a couple yeah. vignettes that were okay in that, but overall that movie was just, ugh. <laughs> That was a very bro heavy movie. I feel like yeah. all, all the bros I knew in my life were like going ape shit over that movie. And I was like, it's not a movie. It is like the yeah. edgelord movie. Yeah. I, I can't yeah. think of a better way to describe it than that. Um, <laughs> so the big things that stuck out with me on this though, is that this movie kind of, to me felt like a horror movie, Mad Libs, like just like how they, they had things <laughs> unfold. Uh, and the, the overall lingering question that this movie left me with was do does does the team behind this honestly think that the Blair Witch isn't scary unless you're shaking the camera? Because like that to me made so much more sense for the original, and then in this one, it just felt tacked in, and it, it that that took me out a lot of this. There were some things that I think that this movie did well. It just there were a lot of things that stuck out to me. Fair, Sam. I don't know if I like you anymore because you like this film. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fine. I, I can see my way out. I don't know. You're kicked out of your own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so Start, in, starting next week, Todd and I. <laughs> I was in the position because I watched too many damn. That I, oh, we're losing you, Todd. Can you hear me? Hello. Oh, maybe it's just my internet. Shit. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, Sam. Or no, you're you're moving again. Okay, we're good now. You'd frozen Sorry. for a second. Your okay. connection is unstable. Keep going, and we'll figure it out. Okay, can you hear me now, though? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, perfect. So, and we're talking. Oh, so right. I already told you. I don't know if I like you anymore. Mm -hmm. That's good. Okay, mm -hmm. so now we go into. Um, so my experience was different in this hot takes episode because I watched too many films and I had seen both of your films before. So I had to go into this with more of a like fresh eyes. Maybe I was wrong approach. And in this movie, I get like, I do get the appeal of the Blair Witch world. I watched the original. I was in college at that point, but I watched the original and really loved it. I love the creative uh, design. I, I don't know. I just, I really like that film. I still would probably watch any Blair Witch project or Blair Witch related product for the next 50 years. Cause I like that film so much. Yeah. But for me, I don't know. There was just something so off about this film. I like, uh, I did enjoy some of it, but where it missed me was what makes the original Blair Witch Project so brilliant is that even, or one of the things is that even the first act is interesting. 
in right. so many found footage films the first act let's face it is like the bane of the you know what i mean like film because a right. lot of times it's just like hey here's these horrible people that horrible things might happen to uh and like you're just kind of introducing them where like the original one had purpose this one was i don't know the I think the characters just never worked for me. So I didn't get into it as much as I wanted to. Uh, whereas in the original, the characters, even though they were kind of annoying, there was something about them where I like, I was invested in if they lived or died, where with this one, I wasn't as much, even though I got, and I did like some of the beats of the film. I, um, yeah, this is all very, um, I'm going to grab something real quick here just to prove an extended point here. I, uh, I even do the hunt a killer. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> Blair Witch. Because, um, yes, this is a, that's, this, that's my bag, baby. Um, and, you know, here's the thing. I, I know that um, this movie didn't work for nothing else and that to hunt a killer game has nods to one, two, the video game. Not a scrap of shit from this movie is mentioned. In that. <laughs> it's even hinted at in that game, at least not so far. Um, I mean, that's that's been my my kind of issue with this is that it didn't feel like it added anything to the lore of the Blair Witch. I you know, and what I what I enjoy about this movie is where I think this movie suffers from is, I mean, I don't worry about acting in a movie like this because it's not the goal, you know, really. Um, but there's two things that I really like about this movie. One, I actually like that the witch actually or the supernatural stuff. I like the time like fucking with time element of it i really oh, yeah, like that, that. there was more and of that i i liked that a lot i liked that a lot and i know that's been a complaint online because they're like well now we know there's supernatural stuff involved I, because it, it so that answers some questions from the first one while kind of putting new questions with like the light everyone's like you actually see the witch i don't actually I, i'm one of those people who like refuse to believe that that's the witch that's just fucking with them yeah you no know? mm -hmm. and also you gotta understand the studio is like dropping a movie they're gonna ask them to like ramp it up just like because it's a studio movie unfortunately i bet if you were to get like a pure version they probably wouldn't have little cgi monsters running around hopping around although so, yeah. they do show up in the video game so one thing that i didn't like this movie used it and it gets used so much and it's a bad trope in my opinion is this idea that magic just instantaneously triumphs over all technology the blair witch ain't fucking with satellites yeah. like the, that that part just i don't know like the like we have gps but it still doesn't work like that part just really took me out of it well, same with the drone as a person who flies drones the <laughs> the drone stuff in this movie is frustrating but like ultimately I, i'm I, one more kick and then i will let you bring it home Sure. The biggest thing that bothered me about this movie is that it had a five million dollar budget when the original was yeah, three hundred thousand. Where did they spend that money? Did they do everything with a steady cam and then digitally add the shake after the did. fact? I think they sure did. Um, yeah. Also, they painstakingly. I, if you watch the special features on Blu-ray, because I got it the day it came out, because I'm a good boy, and um, uh, they painstakingly <laughs> recreated the um, the Rustin Parr house, like from the first mm -hmm. movie. They like. Oh yeah, I, I I definitely noticed that too. It was like cool, but that seems like a wasted effort, a but little bit. Richard, to your point, and this kind, and this was touched on in Blair Witch Two: Book of Shadows, is like she's not fucking with GPS. It's what's good is GPS if you're not comprehending it, if you're not looking at it correctly. Like she's like you're, she's fucking with your idea of reality. 
So I like that. I this movie also did two things that I'm genuinely afraid of. One, heights. When that dumb idiot went up to go get the drone, that scared me. Like just made me uneasy, which is mm-hmm. effective. It was effective to me. Two, claustrophobia. When she's trapped in that tunnel, ooh, I felt that and that it still like makes my stomach cramp up. Um, so so there was those were two instances in this movie where I was legit affected. Like it made me have like a visceral reaction to it. Um, and also I, anytime you put a wooden stick figure, that's why I like season one of true detective so much. Anytime there's a creepy wooden stick figure anywhere I'm in. So, and, but again, I, through the roof, I, I, again, I understand. Um, and I just want to say one more thing about this movie. Cause I really could start a Blair witch project, um, podcast if I wanted to. Um, I, when I went to see this opening night, um, the, the premiere screening in Milwaukee, it was a packed house. There was like, and I didn't plan. I went with a friend of mine and there's people who like, who I knew from the horror community. None of us planned like, Hey, we're going to go see this together on Facebook or anything like that. Everyone was there and it was a big old party and it was well, that's, great. Yeah. I feel like everyone wanted this movie to be successful. I, and I, yeah. And we all had, a, when we were leaving the theater, we were all happy and enjoying it. And I don't think it was until we got home and like watched reviews that some of them were like, Aw. but it was probably the party vibe that we were hanging out, watching this like franchise we love with a bunch of people who like the same shit we do. And it, like I said, it was a party in there. That was the first theater in Milwaukee where you could buy beer, like a major theater. And um, I think that would help my experience had I watched this with friends at a like midnight showing type deal. Cause instead I watched this by myself, you know, Right. I tried watching this. Um, I watched this a few at the beginning of quarantine when I was home alone and I did do laundry. Like you're like, all right, I'm going to do laundry. Yeah. So fair. Anyway, I just want to say all your points are valid and I get it. So, <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, like we all picked movies that are hot takes. Like we yeah. understand why you like this is it's hopefully you will understand why we oh, yeah. like ours. Oh yeah. Totally. But yeah. Like it was, it was definitely interesting. I, I feel like there was a couple of other decisions they could have made that I would have liked, like, because part of it is that I, I think this movie does the, the known peril thing too much, which yeah. is, you know, when you're in a dark, scary environment and you know that they're in trouble and then eventually, after a while, you just kind of get numb to that. Yeah. And then there are movies with the unknown peril. Like, I think this is something that Ari Aster does very well, is right. just blindsiding you with something horrific that you weren't expecting. And then you just stuck to deal with it. And you you thought that, you know, you were in that safe point. The music wasn't kicking up. And yet, yeah. Well, Richard, let's talk about your movie. Okay. My movie is also widely hated, and uh, it comes from a book that's also widely hated, even by the creator itself. I I chose to talk about Dreamcatcher, which is based on a book by Stephen King. It is an 882-page book. Is it really? Yeah. He wrote (laughs) right after being hit by a car and almost Pain meds, baby. Yeah, that was a pain meds book. Yeah. It is very obvious that he wrote this (laughs) under the influence of Oxy. And there, somebody I think cra- uh, clocked it on Goodreads that there are fart jokes on 200 pages of this book. Oh, so that but, is from the book. Okay. Yeah. But there are a couple things that, you know, and I think that my enjoyment of this movie comes from the fact that I read this book as, you know, a young man in high school when it first came out. And, you know, I, I had this, this base of knowledge going into the movie looking for the things from the book. Um, 
but there there are some things that I think that this movie does okay. And there are some things that I think this movie does terribly, uh, starting with it is way too fucking long and Donnie Wahlberg should have never been involved in any process. Of, like he, every scene he's in is worse because of it. Mm-hmm. Holy I, shit. I forgot he was in it. This movie was so long. I was like, oh shit, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like there, there are some things that I like about it. I like the score. The score is nice and like creepy. Mm-hmm. uh ssdd has been a life motto even before the pandemic but it's it's never been more applicable than now uh i i like the casting of this movie because it casts against type for a lot of these actors mm-hmm. like where else do you get morgan freeman as a villain or tom sizemore is kind of a good guy or uh thomas jane is the dorky you know doctor type instead of a cop um or timothy oliphant is somebody awkward yeah um i this is actually um one of my favorite timmy ol timmy timmy ol timmy ol fan <laughs> Teals. <laughs> Teals. <laughs> i actually really liked him in this movie yeah and like he plays that awkward role really well yeah uh, i i also like now that you know now that he has left a certain high profile religion that likes to sue people i can enjoy jason lee again <laughs> Oh, did he leave? Good. Because now I, I can yeah, enjoy him. Yeah, I heard as of 2016, okay. I can enjoy him again. <laughs> oh, okay, good. I didn't know he left. Good. Uh, but yeah, like, there, there's... The cinematography has some good points. The VFX are pretty bad at a lot of points. Like, I'm not going to pretend that this is this is high art, but it feeds into something that I love about the works of Stephen King, which is that they are all a connected universe. And th- this is, we're, we're putting on the tinfoil hat right now because we're diving into some fan theory. And the theory is that the, the grays are related to Pennywise mm-hmm. because this, this story takes place in Derry, a couple years removed from an it cycle. If you look at the teeth on the shit weasels and the grays, they are very similar to the Pennywise teeth and because these books are all connected, it makes me appreciate it a little bit more. I was going to say, I have this is unfair for me to be a part of this conversation because of that very fact. And, you know, I know we've also read a lot of the same books. So before, still not good. But Todd, <laughs> <laughs> but Todd, why don't you give your opinion on it? And then I'll kind of I'll be kind of probably land in the middle a little bit more. It's like a compliment sandwich with yeah. like, yeah. yeah. So I, okay. So here's the good news. Or the, I gave this a half star the first time I watched it. And this time I gave it one star. So I liked it better uh, this time. I will admit this is my least favorite Stephen King adaptation uh, and continues to be. I cannot disagree with, you know, your your enjoyment of it. And I'm glad it does things for you. There's nothing about the movie, for example, that would make me question like somebody because they like it. But I will say that I have such an aversion to poop and fart sort of jokes that this border it made me a little nauseous almost at times so that That is affected that impacted my ability to enjoy it very much Uh, in that case i will say my biggest complaint about this 
because I know I'll hear this uh, reverse probably in a minute is, I do think this is just kind of boring. I think it's the length that does it a little bit, but like Mm -hmm. there are just so many times that I would just get up and go get a drink or like look what's in the fridge for no reason. Like there was just a lot of downtime in this movie. It's one There's no reason for this to be two hours and 12 minutes long. It's 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 an editing issue. I could see like, I could see a tight 145 version of this that like I maybe even and like don't don't dislike but like as it was it was rough for me if i have Topher to be. grace yeah. Topher grace needs to get his hands on this shit and give yeah. me a Topher grace edit <laughs> yeah well and, and there are things that like just legitimately serve no purpose to this like i have as a note here that helicopter fight is it's, one of the most okay. useless things but it's also the most stephen king thing ever oh which absolutely. he doesn't ever which is our heroes are going to confront the supernatural but this bad guy who is like a real human threat, who's usually an alcoholic, jealous, mm-hmm. you know, fallen from grace, is going to come and just throw another wrench in your plans. And as but couldn't as- he do it in a fucking car? That's that's like that the helicopter aspect just so felt dumb. so worthless. But at the same time, since we're talking about him, uh, Colonel Kurtz, or I think it's Curtis in the movie, is a great fucking character because the more you think about it, like, yeah, he's a monster. Yeah, he's doing something awful. Yeah, he's completely fucking right. Like, this is an extinction level event and this is not a time to to play the nice guy. And he's the only one in the story that understands the, you know, the, the stake here. And I think that's that's you know what what's interesting is you get that out of you know Morgan Freeman and he doesn't do it that great in the movie you know he he does a good job not a great job he, I, hearing him say shit weasels a couple of times yeah. really <laughs> uh, but there there are also for me there are some actually creepy unnerving moments that this movie hits at uh, you know stuff like the the stripping of autonomy as as he's possessed by by the thing the animals just like running out of the woods and like the first time they encounter the lady just in the middle of the road and like the mind games that the alien plays so th- and that's one of those things that gets lost if you didn't read the book like the awkward smile that he gives early on that's mr gray trying to learn how to smile and stuff like that was cool in the books but absolutely yeah cut at least 30 minutes out of this movie in fact like i i hate to say it cut most of the kids part because all of them were bad they were so bad and yet there there are some themes here that i like you know this the idea of lasting friendship and you know the effort that's involved in keeping these connections and you know these these aren't you know simple you know one note characters for the most part you know beaver's pretty one note but he's he's enjoyable and yeah um but yeah i i i I actually agree with a lot of what todd has to say and yeah i don't think that this is a four star i if i'm honestly reviewing this this is probably a two and a half star movie for me and i'm being friendly and give it a three i all right so where i land on this is um and being an avid king you know a faithful reader um is that i I like, I, because I saw it in, in high school, my buddy Dan had it on VHS and we'd watch it or he would put it on. And I remember hating it and be like, this movie sucks. Fart jokes aren't funny. This is me being highbrow. You know, I like the pixies. This is stupid. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, I, I actually really like, excuse me, sorry. I actually really like 50% of this movie. 
a lot. And I get it's fan service to have the little kids when they're looking for the girl and there's a sewer and it's dairy have like me go, Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> like there's something mystical about this place. And I really like that. My favorite part of this movie. And I was really bored last night watching it. I was super bored. And I remember that Jason Lee like toilet scene and shit like that. And I remember being bored. And then I went to bed and I put it on my phone and eventually switched over to the television. And when it really got me was the battle. What, what I, to me is the most interesting part of this movie is the battle between Josie and Mr. Gray inside his head in like the mind oh, yeah. palace that you, there's a good movie where that's the key problem. You can do these little cuts to the military stuff, but it needs to be like two minutes in and out. Like we see yeah. them rounding up people. We see the tension building there. We see Mr. Gray traveling, but the bulk of the movie needs to be that the cat and mouse inside the head and him outsmarting him. Cause you don't really see Josie outsmart Mr. Gray at the end. It's all, you know, but that was the most interesting part that anytime I got bored, when that stuff would come on, I, I, I'd peek up and then it would go back to Morgan Freeman going, we got to get these alien fuckers. And I'm like, all right, yeah. well that doesn't work. So <laughs> for me, Wait, anyway. I, I agree that that dynamic is, is super interesting because it, it, we see this play out in other movies a lot. You, you see the, possessed character but often they're not aware of what's going on and in this one you you get the you know you understand that he sees all of this but he just can't do anything about it and the more he tries to do about it the more he risks losing himself completely donnie Wahlberg, all that shit i mean yeah i will trash donnie Wahlberg's name even though his brother owns a chain of fucking dealerships in my city like really yeah, wow. Marky, we'll, we'll fucking talk. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, w- one other like last like cute thing about this movie is that supposedly Tom Jane, who I I think is a underutilized actor, I, I like too. him a lot. I like him a lot as well. Um, but he apparently took this role because his mom is a Stephen King fan and told him that he should take this role, and I, I think that's adorable. I actually kind of think he was he was my least favorite of the three friends. Truth be told. And I don't know why there's something he just, and I know he's a great actor, but for some reason, whenever he was on screen, like all of his lines didn't, it kind of felt like maybe he was phoning it in maybe a little bit, but I don't know. I, I, I think that part of it is this is a, such a departure from a lot of sure. the roles that he had played at that point that, yeah, I don't think that he had grown into those shoes yet. Right. But then like when they cast him in the mist, you know, like then he actually yeah. steps in and he's yeah. perfect for that role. Yeah. Um, Lawrence Kasdan, I don't know, man. There's a lot of yeah. shit in here that you're just like, I don't know what you were thinking. There's parts that feels <laughs> like there's parts that feel like a worse Independence Day when their oh, yeah. helicopters are doing the raid on the ship and stuff like that. I'm like, oh. but man, like think like thinking about that that that's unnerving. The scene itself just doesn't work at all. Right. But the idea of these the things like, of pretending cool. to be like you know right. just weak prey. To, to trick you into letting them eat you. But yeah, like right. I, I think that Stephen King should revisit this book, cut some of the fart jokes, clean it up a bit. And because like there's some good stuff here, but yeah, right. it just, it doesn't stick the landing. And I fully admit that. But like, this is just one of those like f- movies that I can put on in the background and kind of like tune out and That's like, fair. oh yeah. That's fair. I, honestly, I'd, I'd give it a, you were saying you'd give it a two and a half star or being generous i give it a two and a half star and maybe even a little bit of wiggle room just because if you say dairy and anything i get excited yeah so 
that's fan service <laughs> star wars people get it sometimes i get to have it too so yeah yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So that brings That's us to our main milk. event here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Todd, uh, tell us about your movie. All right. I picked a very controversial film uh, called Twilight. And so, but before we get into it, I want to go back and kind of explain like the origin story. Like if it was a Marvel film, what the pre credit scene would be, uh, or the pre, you know what I mean? Like title card scene would be, would be me at age eight, during the summer sitting and watching the the soap opera the young and restless with my mom and being like i like how these characters interact and my mom saying that's melodrama and me being like i think i like melodrama and then credit you know like title card and then you fast forward I had not even watched this film first in the series. For those who don't know, there are five films. I watched the third one first when I was dating uh, a uh, woman named Michelle, who later became my wife. And uh, we watched Eclipse at a at, uh, like a late night showing. And I thought it was the craziest shit I had ever seen. I thought it was just <laughs> so funny. And then I went and I watched the, the first two movies and then we watched the last two at midnight. I'm pretty obsessed with this series. And so I love the melodrama. I love YA ser- uh, young adult series. I love movies with big, broad characters that interact in dumb ways that are like entertaining. And I really like Twilight. I just, I, I, I think that it is a funny an interesting film it is uh bizarre and i think as like i think some of the people that hate it i get people not liking it but there are some people that are like vengefully hateful of this movie and i think some people think that like women watch this movie and are like oh i really think edward is the perfect man where i think in reality like women watch this movie laughing at it the same way we watch like a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie or like uh, that we watch like a movie where Patrick Swayze throat rips someone, uh, you know, like, and yeah. these kind hey, of like, don't you dare besmirch the good name of Roadhouse. <laughs> I know, but well, Roadhouse is one of my favorite films, but I mean, I think it's that sort of, I think there is a wink, wink, nod, nod to these films that sometimes people don't appreciate enough in that, like, I don't think these are legit fantasies. I think these are kind of like crazy extreme fantasies that represent a small percentage of people, but that most people watch and kind of laugh at and I think are fun. So I think it's got a good cast. I think it's interesting. I like the world building. I like it. I'll let y'all tear it apart for a little we while. We got to watch vampires back. play baseball which was kind of fun. And (laughs) and this whole movie was the baseball scene and the weird piggyback rides. I would be on board. I would enjoy this the same way that I enjoyed Jupiter Ascending. Like, uh, yeah, to me, I didn't hate this movie. I I was just bored by- Hey, me neither, man. Um, I I think when I was a young, you know, when this first came out and I was trying to be cool, I think I hated this movie then and I didn't know anything about it. Right. Because I was trying to be cool. Now I'm in my 30s. I give no fucks whether anybody thinks I'm cool because I know I'm not cool, right. uh, which means that I can be okay with this movie. We're spending uh, our Saturday on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I will say one thing, one more thing on the on the cool thing, which is that Washington had to legalize weed four years later to get their cool cred back. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. I, okay, I'm gonna do a compliment sandwich. Okay, 
the score in this movie is actually pretty rad. Like, yeah, there was a oh, yeah there's some good songs. Yeah. And I'm not even talking about like music, um, uh, like music supervisor, like uh, music drops. I'm talking about like the score. It's actually pretty rad. Yeah. Yeah. Two is that it closes with Radiohead, which double points, um, yeah. automatic five, a half star increase. Um, I will say it is tongue in cheek. I have a major crush on Kristen Stewart um, mm-hmm. as right now. Um, right. I think she's a great actress. Anything she's in, I am on board. I think she's a great actress. Yep. Robert Pattinson is always doing interesting, cool shit. It's kind of fun to watch these people like be 18 years old. And like, I think if it, if I had saw this when it first came out, well, A, um, In Rainbows would have just came out. So I would have been crying in a garage somewhere. To, uh, <laughs> I would have been way too cool for school and I would have been like, fuck this movie. But now that you're seeing it this many years later and you already see these people go on to do have interesting, serious careers, it's fun to watch them like be stupid with Anna Kendrick for yeah. a little while. You know, I, I actually Every, had a good time. I, Anna I agree Kendrick with is great. Anna Kendrick I, is great. It's <laughs> so weird that she's in this and she looks like she's no idea. 15. Um, know, but yeah, she looks, she looks 28. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. But on the Ken- Rose- Anna Kendrick aging sure. spectrum, she looks the same. Like sure. there, yeah. there's she has been, an age still. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that baseball scene I keep going to, like that feels like a scene straight out of what we do in the shadows. And it, it really so does. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Oh my god, like, that was ridiculous. Yeah, the, the makeup effects are are pretty cheesy, and like how how does nobody like get bothered by the the palest family? That's <laughs> oh my god, don't match their hands. <laughs> like paint more makeup. We might have to do another uh, another setting because I actually have this movie's fun as hell. I, I'll just, yeah, when, but when, the, yeah, I was sister, surprised. I had more yeah. fun with this than when the sister like trash the bowl because she already ate and she's like well i know you guys don't eat food and she's (laughs) just so mad (laughs) yeah i agree with sam both of these i i love both of these actors now i i love the movies that they're doing and it was it was fun to to go down this route i I just i feel like you could cut 20 minutes of like silent gazing at one another with trembling lips that's that's the the romance shit doesn't work for me but that's because i'm 33 male who's like cynical as shit but well, no, no, yeah, that's I, that's fair. I just find the romance part so funny. Like, I love there's a um, I'm not normally a big cinema sins fan, I think they're fine, like, you know, like, yeah. but like, uh, pe- people who watch cinema sins as if it's legitimate film criticism worry me. But like, the, one of the funniest things they've ever done is they had like this clip of all the noises Kristen Stewart makes in this film, so it's just like a minute and a half long cut of her going like. <sighs> Oh, there is some <laughs> heavy breathing in this movie that is unsettling. Yeah. It's just as bad as the farts in Dream Catcher, honestly. <laughs> yeah, but I love the dad in this. I don't know if y'all have. I did too. I actually that. Liked yeah. that well. <laughs> I Fracture is one of my favorite bad movies. That's like not bad as in like funny bad. Just like it's a trash like throwaway film. And he okay. plays like the um, guy that Anthony Hopkins' wife is having an affair with. I never know his name. He's in like every CSI, like C-list, like throwaway film. He's sure. always in there. And when he showed up as the dad, I was like, hey, you're here. Cool. Yeah, Billy Burke. I like that guy. Oh, that's his name, Billy Burke? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like yeah, him. Yeah, I like every him. time he's on screen, I'm like, why aren't you doing more? 
Mm-hmm. There is only one Cardinal sin in this movie, though, and I'm I'm gonna lay it on you guys. That is, if you if you were an immortal, why would you spend any time of that in high school? Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? I know. Like, what? <laughs> well, it's like if we blend in, we get to stick around yeah. longer. You like, spent a hundred years. What? Just be like, I tested out, asshole. I'm working yeah, on. like I have a young face. <laughs> it's funny to I me. I can't grow a beard. All of these are more valid. <laughs> yeah. Well, without him in high school, you don't get that great scene when she walks into the science class and the the oh, the, the, fan the, the fan blows on her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he like he like convulses because oh. he can't handle how much he wants to eat her. What, and then and then when she comes into the the freaking uh, the office or whatever, and he's like, "I guess I'll just have to endure." <laughs> like, <storms> okay, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so I like you know I really love this film. I like the whole series. Someday, if we keep doing, if we ever do hot takes, I'll just keep adding oh, we'll Twilight films. Okay, we'll yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, Eventually, I'll we'll watch the watch the right. whole series. Yeah. Well, well, then maybe I'll do Book of Shadows. So we'll all revisit. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I will work my way through the other shitty Stephen King. I have a much longer list than either of you. You sure do, champ. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what graveyard shift (laughs) rat monster (laughs) Uh, but anyway um yeah i mean it's a fun it was i had fun watching it is it a good Good. movie no but i'd watch i'd watch that other ones now i mean my i am glad that i crossed this bridge and and gave this a shot i i had fun and like i said i if i didn't if it wasn't for the fact that i said like as i said that they've gone on and done other cooler shit yeah, I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much, but just uh, that's fair. Seeing them, it's fun. Since I'm, I'm, I, I gave ratings for. I, I will give this. Yeah, this was probably a two star movie for me. Two and a half. Not, not. Yeah, maybe two and a half. I, I can't. I would. I'm not revisiting it, but I would probably have to revisit to to actually lock in a, a real thing. Blair so, Witch one and a half, and I'm being generous. Fair. Five star. <laughs> My well, we got one. Mi- oh, sorry, sorry. Tom. My Go rating ahead. for Twilight is four and a half, but I've seen it about fifteen times now, with commentary, all sorts of things. It's a big. It's like a family affair. We talk about how sometimes you're attached to these things, like me, my wife, my daughter. We all are really obsessed with these films and just enjoy watching them and kind of laughing at them. And so, for me, it's a. Have really you told high them to hold on, Spider Monkey? Hold on tight, Spider Monkey is something I used to say to my daughter when she was really young. I don't even know if she would remember that. But like when she would ride on my back, I would say, hold on tight, Spider Monkey. So yeah, like little things like that are kind of funny. Uh, But yeah, someday y'all got to watch the rest of the films because the fifth one really is the best. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Well. the the director of the fifth one did Candyman 2, Farewell to the Flesh. So I'm in. There you go. Hashtag squad goals. (laughs) <laughs> well, we're almost out of time here, so uh, so watch well, some movies and hang on tight, little spider monkey. Hang on tight, little spider monkeys. Hang on tight, little spider monkeys. Watch out for shit weasels. All right, yeah. see you all later. Yeah, bye. bye. Bye, guys. 